everybody, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their film and television portrayals. My name is Sam Chung, and allow me to be the first to say April Fools to anyone who tuned in this week thinking that we were going to talk about the 2012 film Hyde Park on Hudson. Uh, Don't worry, we do plan on talking about that movie coming up here on the podcast, but because it's April Fool's Day, we thought, hey, uh, let's do something that nobody will ever suspect, although if you are a dedicated listener to the podcast, you may have seen this coming, because today we will be talking about the 2019 uh, Focus Features film, Downton Abbey the Movie. Joining us to talk about this movie, as always, are my two co-hosts. First, a guy who's uh, broken a boiler or two himself back in his day. It is Ivan Vukovic. Now, Ivan, uh, Downton Abbey was your favorite film of 2019, correct? Uh, and of every other year, yes. <laughs> um, but I do have to correct you that uh, this movie is simply titled Downton Abbey, not Downton Abbey the movie. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that people who are just to, like, we're, da- we're not talking about the show at all. We're talking about the movie. So it is titled Downton Abbey, but I didn't want there to be any confusion for anybody listening. I mean, you did say it was a film. That's true. All right. <laughs> You're ruining this April Fool's bit, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the episode where we turn on each other. <laughs> also back with us again, a woman whose best impression coincidentally is also Sir Harry Barnston. Uh, it's Carlin Greenwald. <laughs> Carlin, have you ever successfully prank called someone? I have not. Honestly, calls terrify me. So the idea of having to call someone... <laughs> And have like an objective that isn't just like straightforward doing something. I, I can't do it. I, the idea stresses me out. If you told me to do it right now, I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So normally we qualify these episodes by saying that we have no experience, uh, no knowledge of the royal family. But I think today it would be more apropos to mention that Carlin and I have no experience with Downton Abbey at all. We've kind of just, uh, we're kind of just diving into the movie headfirst with no experience, no no knowledge of the of the franchise really at all, and so we're very confused. We're hoping that Ivan can help us out as the resident Downton Abbey expert. And Ivan, as he mentioned, uh, this is his favorite movie. He's seen this movie twice, but not recently. So it's not he my did not favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that no, clear. Ivan, you said this was your favorite movie, and we're turning on each other. So this is your favorite movie now, and yes. you you did not watch it to 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 prepare yourself for this week. So when was the last time you saw this movie? Uh, let's see. Okay, so this movie came out. I want to say yeah, like kind of fall of 2019. Um, and yeah, I probably watched it like on you know HBO Max maybe a year later. So so I've seen it twice. It's it's probably been a good six months. So just long enough that the finer details of this film escaped me. And uh, we're gonna be doing some interesting patchwork here because <laughs> you two have no prior experience with this series, this franchise, this universe. Um, I have a lot of experience. I enjoyed Downton Abbey quite a bit as it was airing. Um, but yeah, the movie's not fresh in my memory so you two probably have a lot of questions some of which i may be able to answer uh so we'll see how it goes all right and carlin this was your first foray into down Abbey. what were your like first impressions on just watching the movie with no knowledge of what happened in the six seasons prior well, start Sorry, Sam. Can we also just establish why we're talking about the Downton Abbey movie and why it even relates to the royal family? 
Oh, of course. Yeah, we can talk about that for sure. Um, so it was a couple episodes ago. You and I got into a conversation just about uh, who who did setting up for the king and queen to visit better. Was it the crown or was it Downton Abbey? And you said the crown, but you had very strong defense of Downton Abbey, I believe, from our conversation. And that was when you learned that neither Carlin nor myself had watched Downton Abbey before. So I think given that we're between season one and season two of The Crown, and the movie is all about King George the Fifth and Queen Mary coming to visit Downton Abbey, it's like the perfect coming together of the conversation that we had in the past, the point of this podcast, and uh, broadening at least Carlin and my knowledge of Downton Abbey. <laughs> Right. And let's make it clear, like, that is the premise of this movie. Like, this is a universe, a series that was very kind of soap operatic in nature. A lot of characters, a lot of, you know, threads ongoing cross season, uh, just a, a whole vast universe that has now been simplified down to a movie sequel where the premise is, the king and queen are going to come over and stay the night at Downton. They're going to have dinner. They're going to dance. They're going to stay the night. That is the plot of this movie. And that's why we're talking about it. All right. So now, Carlin, yeah. first impressions on the movie. How much did you understand and how much are you still confused about? Um. Well, so I, I vaguely understand. I don't really know what the like upper class was doing. I, I think someone had like a daughter posing as a, a servant. And for some reason, Maggie Smith didn't like that. So I don't know what they were doing. They were all very confusing to me. But like the kitchen staff, it seemed very clear that they just wanted to make a nice meal for the royals. And then they were told they weren't going to do that because like royal protocol is to bring in their own people. And they got like really insulted about that. And then they ended up in like some, you know, shenanigans where they lied about making the food and serving it to the king. And that's really, I, and then like once that dinner happened, to be honest, I, I completely lost sight of what was going on. Like once the dancing started, I'm like, these kitchen staff, you know, they already had their storyline. They were, they were the clearest storyline. So now I have no idea what's going on. And then, like, Maggie Smith said she was dying, and I, I don't know where that came from. That's really all I got. <laughs> I don't know. This movie blew my mind, and it was, <laughs> it's a very slow movie, but at the same yeah. time, they jerk you around so much, right? Because it's like, this scene, this scene, this scene. It's hopping from scene to scene so much yes. for, a, scene, for yes. a movie where nothing happens. Well, and, yeah. and that's that's what the show was like. This was a very, like, well-produced, high-budget show about, you know, the kind of upstairs-downstairs dynamic. But, you know, at its core, it was always a soap opera. It always had very short scenes. It was always very snappy. It, it kept the action moving along. And, you know, it, it had a lot of, like characters to juggle you know a huge ensemble cast that they had to cram into a two-hour film did you like it sam should i rank it in terms of uh the king's speech <laughs> i think i actually liked this movie a little bit more than the king's speech okay i don't need to watch it again but i liked it a, a little bit more than the king's speech actually um maybe it was just because it was my first introduction to these characters and i think it was just because of how wild this movie was like the fact that there's like a an assassination attempt of the king 
but that only happens at the midpoint of the movie. Like that's the midpoint. Yeah. That could be that an is entire a plot. That could be an entire plot of a different movie, but that was just like a small beat. And then they were like, Oh, I guess we foiled that. Good work, everybody. <laughs> All right. Let, let's get this uh, out of the way right away. Uh, Sam, did you prefer the Michael Gambon portrayal of King George V in the King's speech or the Simon Jones portrayal here in the Downton Abbey movie? I personally prefer the Michael Gambon version of King George. This Oh, that's the right answer. This version of King George just seemed like he was on like laughing gas the entire movie. Like I've never seen a portrayal of this King George. Granted, I guess Michael Gambon is the only King George, but he just seemed like so happy and carefree the entire movie. And he learns crazy plot twist. Uh, Ivan, you didn't tell me that Martin was in this movie. Right. So this movie has, you know, a lot of overlap with the cast of The Crown, um, some of which is not as apparent to uh, maybe you and and folks who have not seen the later seasons of the show. But yeah, we have, uh, you know, Martin, who who in this uh, movie portrays a character named Birdie, uh, confusingly enough. Um, <laughs> and then we've got, uh, let's see, who else? Um, oh, uh, so we've got um, uh, Matthew Good, who will be showing up uh, later on in The Crown as well. And then we've got Imelda Staunton, who will actually be playing Queen Elizabeth in uh, seasons five and six, which have yet to enter production, but she will be the one taking over the role uh, from uh, Olivia Coleman when the crown returns. Uh, and she here played uh, uh, Lady Bagshaw, uh, it looks like was the name of her character, according to the oh. uh, Wikipedia page I have up on my second screen. That's why she looks so familiar. I, I could not figure out like who this actress was. Oh, yeah. She's Umbridge. Like okay. that, like she's she's yeah. Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter movies. That's it. Oh my god, that was <laughs> bothering me the whole time. But you told me not to look anything up, so I was just sitting there, like I I I I don't know who this lady is, but I know her. Yeah, no, she's Umbridge in all of my notes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really, I'm actually really excited to see her as Elizabeth. Like that, that's yeah. something to look forward to. Is she that much that's older so... than Olivia Coleman? Yeah, that's that's an interesting change. They seem kind of similar in age. I didn't realize she was that much older. Maybe? Uh, there is a gap, but not a massive one. You're right. Um, well, but I think okay. the way, the way that crown, the crown handled, I think like the switch from, um, Claire Foy to Olivia Coleman, I, I, I don't think it's supposed to be like a massive jump. I think it's like all of a sudden somebody else is portraying her and she's got, you know, a few more wrinkles, but it's not supposed to be like, oh, suddenly she's way older than she was in the previous season. Uh, fine. I, I will accept this, but I am going to be bothered by that for at least the first episode of season five. Carlin, I think top line question. Did we, was this movie any good at learning anything new about King George and Queen Mary. Um, I mean, I guess I didn't know the thing of, like, it makes sense, but the whole idea of, like, the procession of servants that they have come in that basically take over every single, like, resident, like, them staying the night anywhere or eating anywhere, I didn't realize that they actually were, like, that controlling. The people themselves, I mean, they were pretty forgiving of like, was it Mosley who was just like, you're not actually eating the food you think you're eating, which like to me would be a really big deal for like royalty if they have to have like poison testers. I don't know if they still do that, but he seems like a forgiven guy. So let me tell you something about that scene. So I saw this movie in the theater the first time. I don't think it was even 
I don't think it was even like after the movie had officially opened. I think that they did like preview screenings maybe a few weeks prior and I I happened to attend. So I was in a full auditorium with a lot of hardcore Downton Abbey fans. <laughs> and that scene where Mosley delivers that line about, you know, the food not being prepared by the uh, royal staff the just wave of gasps across the auditorium oh like it, like like you wouldn't believe i i've i've never i mean i think it's a more visceral crowd reaction than anything any marvel movie has ever produced <laughs> well let me tell you i didn't have any context and i was like gasping and i was like this is the most like secondhand embarrassment i've ever felt in my life I, it was a harrowing experience for me, so I can't imagine what it's like for someone who has like stakes in the Downton Abbey universe. Oh man, they did that really well because I, I have never felt, I have not felt that alive in so long. I didn't even really understand why he was. He's not a, he's not a regular member of the staff, right? He just works in town. Uh, okay. So Mosley was a regular member of the staff. I think he retired toward the end of the series and became a school teacher, but you know, they needed some cockamamie like excuse to get Mosley back into the story for this movie. So it's like, I'm coming out of retirement for one last job. (laughs) Oh my Um, God. But yeah, to Carlin's point, uh, a lot of this movie centered on the fight between the Downton Abbey staff and the King staff that came in, especially this dude. Excuse me, I am not a butler. I am the King's page of the back stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Which like, what's that? (laughs) I had never heard of that position before. Can I also say, though, that like now that we've seen like how just hardcore like this, you know, royal staff is like, I feel like the crown is depriving us of some cartoonish like French head chef character. Yeah, I didn't think they were allowed to have French people like isn't that like an English? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't expect that guy. I thought everyone had to be English. (laughs) Yeah. And then they like drug him. It's like. This, the Down Abbey so staff good. is is kind of terrifying, actually. They're like drugging the, the cook so that he can't interfere. They're locking the the page, no, the yeah, the page of the back stairs in his bedroom. They're a crafty, uh, suspicious bunch. Yeah, I I stand them. They, I'm gonna watch the show now just for those people. I hope they do more things like that. <laughs> They do. There's a lot of that in the show. Like, I mean, the the show really is like a 50-50 split between what's going on, like in that lower class of like servants and then what all these aristocrats are up to. And sometimes their stories kind of intersect. um, But yeah, for the most part, you're kind of watching two shows in one. That's interesting. What a what a commentary on class. Carlin, who do you think the the main character of Downton Abbey is? Uh, uh, Who was the lady with the bob? Dark hair? Mary? Mary. Mary. Um, I would guess either Mary or Maggie Smith. I guess not Maggie Smith. She seems to be playing like a like a mentor figure. I, I guess Mary. That's interesting. But then cause... on the kitchen staff, I guess I'd say <laughs> Daisy. I, is there two protagonists? No, I don't. Th- I didn't think Daisy was that big. I would have said either Mary or Tom. Um, oh, I, didn't pay I felt like they to Tom. they gave a lot to Tom, and I was surprised oh. by that. Ivan, who is the main character of Downton Abbey? Okay, so this is actually a good question. Um. I don't think there's really anybody from the, uh, you know, kind of kitchen and servant staff in, in the show that really emerges as a protagonist, even of, of that side of the cast. Um, maybe Tom, more on that in a second. Um, but as far as the, the family goes, yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, either uh, Lord Grantham himself, the Hugh Bonneville character, um, and then kind of split with Mary. I, I feel like Mary has always been 
very much at the center uh, of the show and, and, and also the movie. Um, but Tom, uh, so he's the interesting one. He uh, started in the show as a servant. Um, he was, I think, like a driver or a chauffeur. And then he and one of the um, uh, younger Grantham daughters, uh, who is now dead, uh, they oh. got married um, and had a child. And that sort of elevated him into the uh, the upper side of society and, and sort of joined the family. Hmm. Does uh, does Tom not love his child? Why did he just leave his child at Town Abbey and uh, uh, not want his child with him? No, he didn't. Did he leave his child? I don't know. Where's his uh, child? It sounded like he kind of had left his child at Down Abbey and he was like, she'll be better off here. Oh, oh no, no, no. So the child is, so, okay. So what happened was that he and uh, the 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 late younger sister, Sybil, um, you know, they got married. They moved to Ireland for like not even half a season and then came back. Sybil, Sybil died, uh, but they'd had the child and then Tom and the child stayed in Downton and cause he wanted the child to be with, with the, the Crawleys, the, you know, the family. Oh, okay. Hmm. I misunderstood that. So Tom is like, Tom has kind of always been sort of at the, uh, you know, kind of like center of the conflict between like, you know, upper class and lower class. Like not only did he transition from being a servant to being a member of the family, but he's also not a big fan of, of the crown of the British government. Like he, he's an Irish Republican and he, he's very conflicted about his, his, you know, life and presence in England. Hence Hmm. they, hence them attempting to rope him into the assassination attempt. Correct. I think it's interesting that you said that um, Hugh Bonneville is the main character in the series because I felt like he was barely in this movie. I wanted more Paddington dad. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't really get a ton to do here. But yeah, he's he's definitely I mean, he, I don't know. He's definitely the head of the household. And that shows more, uh, especially in the early seasons of the show. But I think that role over time really transitions to Mary. Got you. Uh, Carlin, how do you feel about Daisy and Andy? <laughs> Who is Andy? Andy was the jealous guy, and Daisy was the 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 cook with the accent. I I I picked up on the cook. Um. Oh God, the jealous guy. There were so many people. Oh, I guess I have no opinion. Okay, can you describe? <laughs> can you describe what happened? They were the people at the center of breaking the boiler. Oh, with the that, boiler. That couple. Andy was the tall, uh, young butler. Sure. I, I remember her with the plumber. I remember her like salaciously taking this plumber to the boiler room. Yeah, oh, and then Andy was the guy that? who got jealous about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I understand where he, I don't think Daisy would stray from him if that's like the question being had here. But like that was a very suspicious moment. I feel like that would be a scenario where like if you did want to cheat on someone, you would take the plumber to the boiler room. Because imagine it's very far away, and I bet it's hot in there. Like, so if it's really cold out, you'd be like, "Yeah, it's it's fine. We can take off our clothes here." I see you've thought this through. Yeah. <laughs> Ivan, are we supposed to are we supposed to ship them? Uh, you know, not really. I I feel like that guy that she's with. I who I don't even remember his name. Like he just kind of. I think emerged as an afterthought in the later seasons of the show. Like, like somehow Daisy was always like getting in the middle of some love triangles. And that happened to be just the doofus that she ended up with at the end of the show. And they, it it seems like they didn't really want to rock the boat on that in the movie. There just wasn't enough real estate for her, like, you know, romantic, like 
life to really go anywhere. So they're like, yeah, we're going to have this, you know, throwaway jealousy plot that doesn't advance her arc in any meaningful way. Um, Real question. Is it Miss Padmore, the head cook? Yeah, the head cook. Yeah. Does Miss Padmore have a love, like love storyline or does she just get to cook? I think she does, but yeah, I, mean, I feel like she did at some point, either toward the end of the show or like it, it like there wasn't anything in this movie, right? I don't think so. Unless I... she's like supposed to be shipped with that like food supplier who was really excited about like it was the best day of his life that he got to bring food to the royal family. <laughs> oh, 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 you mean King King Robert Baratheon from Game yes, of Thrones? Yes, and it was Robert Baratheon. Oh my god! And it was up, so I didn't know. I was just like, this man is so familiar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this movie is just littered with like, again, like famous, like, you know, British actors that you've seen in either Harry Potter or Game of Thrones or The Crown. Like, I mean, this is really kind of the confluence of all of them. Apparently, isn't Rose Leslie in this? Uh, Rose Leslie was in uh, like the first season or two of The Crown. She's one of like the the maids who works um, at the, you know, at the castle or house or whatever you want to call it. But she... I think she'd like uh, decides to like follow her dreams of becoming like a secretary. She's like, I have typewriting skills, so I'm going to move to the city and become, um, you know, just have an administrative job and make something of myself. And then we don't see her again for several seasons up until Whoa. toward the end where she is now like married to somebody who is like semi noble and oh. they visit for lunch at Downton and oh. the family's like, wait, do we know you? You look kind of familiar. And she's like, oh, yeah, I used to work here. I've moved up in the world. It was pretty cool. But, yeah, she wasn't in this movie, unfortunately. It just corresponds with her uh, her stint on Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, actually, yes. Nice. Good for her. One of uh, my favorite characters in this movie was probably uh, Mr. Barrow. I'm, a, I'm afraid I've been a silly boy. Um, I thought he had a great movie. What a great showing for Mr. Barrow, even though he gets arrested. You know, I liked everything that he did. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Barrow, he is the character that... Wait, his like, name is also much... Tom? Well, he's Thomas. But is... <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, his name is also Tom. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, Barrow, um, he is the... He kind of fills the, the trope of the asshole with a heart of gold so he's very like conniving and backstabbing and very controversial to begin with but then like as the series goes on and on you you start to kind of see his uh and you know inner conflicts and and you know the his his more generous and kind side as well he's very um loyal to the family um yeah he's 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 still got some growing up to do but uh you know like as a you know long time and long-suffering Downton Abbey fan, uh, this was definitely a really nice um, progression of his arc that he had in the show. Because, like, I think it was during the show that he... No, no, I think I think it was established pretty early on that he was homosexual, and then, like, you know, his entire run of the show was just him coming to terms with that. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. The Professor Umbridge character, Maud, and her, we learned, daughter, Lucy... Mm-hmm. Were they only movie characters or yes. Okay. Yes. So th- yeah, I was, I was going to throw that out. Yeah. They are completely original to the movie. Like they were not in the show. They, they were introduced here for the service of this plot. 
oh my god they had so much history with maggie smith that i thought for sure this was like a storyline that we this missed. happens a lot in downtown abbey like there's always like some cousin or relative that we hadn't met before but they're apparently really important and and critical to you know some like line of succession or something and they show up and like you know they either do a guest spot or they become popular and stick around for a season or two wow i definitely thought maggie smith was gonna fight her like it was yeah. that it was so intense you're clearly insane you should be in an asylum <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow. no, th this sort of thing would happen a lot. Like, uh, Lily James was in Downton Abbey. Like, oh, she, wow. she showed up in, like, one Christmas special where it's like, meet Cousin Rose, the cousin we haven't seen before, but she's charming and beautiful and charismatic, and don't you want more of her? And then she became a regular for a couple of seasons. Hmm, interesting. Another royal we meet is um, Princess Mary, who I don't think I've seen ever portrayed in... Uh... Wait, who's Princess Mary? <laughs> She was the yeah, one. Yeah, who is Princess Mary? Princess Mary is uh, this woman who is trapped in a marriage with a, a guy who seems like just a dick. Her kids come in at one point, and he's like, "No kids in the drawing room." And then they're like, "Can oh, the kids right. go to the parade?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, they can't go to the parade." Right, right, right. No, so I, I know who she is in the context of the movie, but like, who is she in the context of the royal family? Like, have we seen she her would, in any of the other things we've watched? I feel like which she would be. David and Bertie's sister. But they had a sister? Why was she never mentioned? Did she die? I, I don't know. I mean, Wait, was she in The Crown? Did, have no. we met her? I don't think we've seen her in The Crown. She wasn't what? in The King's Speech. She wasn't in The Crown. Like, are they trying to erase this woman from history? Wait, are you kidding me? Like, Bertie and David have a sister that we haven't met in either The King's Speech or The Crown? Are we sure this isn't, like, George's sister? No, she's too young. I don't know. No, because she was George's daughter, right? I don't know. Now, can some, are we allowed to look this up? Or does that like go against the protocol of the show? Yeah, she was the daughter of King George V. Yeah. Holy shit. I can't Did believe this. Did she live? I don't think they would just call a random woman princess. Like, you have to, like... like... No one's mentioned her before. No one has mentioned her before. No, this was the first time we've ever seen Princess Mary anywhere. They even mentioned, like, the brother that died in the King's Speech. Why, why didn't they mention the sister? Was she not relevant to, like, Bertie ascending the throne or, or anything? Well, yeah, or, or anything. Like, where was she in the crown? Where was she in the coronation? Where was she, like, with all the various funerals? Like, like, like are, are you gaslighting me right now? Like, was she actually in the crown? And, and I'm just not remembering? No, I, don't I don't remember her at all. Yeah, I don't remember what? her in the crown either. Wow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I just thought it was wild. But yeah, her plot line, and this was very, very minor, I feel like in the grand scope of the movie, but it was basically like she has a conversation with Tom and Tom is like, you have to do what makes you happy. And then she's like, I'm going to stay with my husband. It was so weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was, yeah, it was like the resolution was that like, instead of suffering through this marriage, I'm going to work on this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't like oh, i didn't like no. that that was weird um there's so many characters in this movie it's um i like this keep keep asking me questions yeah no last one of the last notes i had was um one of the big plot points is um martin i guess birdie in this movie getting the green light to go to africa and then it turns out he can't go but i just wanted to say don't worry you'll get there in 30 years <laughs> oh my god right um in a very roundabout way <laughs> I don't, Maggie Smith, she like didn't die, but they're like, she's going to die. That was, 
That's a very weird way yeah. to end your series. I, I think, okay, I mean, I think this is sort of a way to do a send-off to Maggie Smith because, like, honestly, Downton Abbey is the sort of, like, franchise that could just go on forever. Like, they'll probably make another movie one day or another yeah. Christmas special or something. Maggie Smith probably won't be in it, so I think this was just a way to kind of give her, uh, you know, character a, a grand goodbye. Yeah, I mean, it did. I was really sad. I was, like, really connecting with her in the hour and whatever, two hours that I was with her, so rip. Violet. Yeah, that was my question. Sorry, you had to go. <laughs> that was my question to you, Ivan. Was um, has a second Downton Abbey movie been confirmed? Is there going to be another movie? Oh, I hope so, man. <laughs> I I I love this world. Like Downton Abbey was really, I think, like the first thing that really broke the ice for me in terms of like being interested in 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 British period pieces and actually like finding like aristocrats like interesting like i i was just always so shut off and and so reluctant to watch that kind of stuff until downton abbey and admittedly like the first couple episodes of downton i don't think really sold me but yeah gradually i got into it and i think as the show just kind of became more of like a soap opera mess like the more into it i was i feel like if it follows the pattern right there's got to be a second movie there were two sex in the city movies um were there two entourage movies Oh, I wish. Or was man. there just no, one? No, I think there was movie? just one. Yeah. Oh. Titled Entourage. Titled Entourage, not Entourage the movie. <laughs> no, that would be tacky. I did like this movie better than Entourage. Okay. Good. The movie. <laughs> the movie Entourage. <laughs> I had to refrain. All right, cool. Do you want do you want to talk uh some kinky crown real quick? Let's uh go. yeah, that, that's all you two though, because I, I, I haven't seen this movie in six months. Okay. My like best one is when everyone's curtsying to the king and then Maggie Smith can't get back up so like George has to help her back up I I really like that that I'm probably not describing it very well but like that was <laughs> I don't know what you would call that I'm gonna call it my King George and um Maggie Smith ship okay oh, wow. um and then someone was like I'm glad you want to kiss me. I want to say that was like Umbridge and Maggie Smith, like one of their moments. They had a lot of moments of just like really weird cousinry stuff going on. The rivalry was unparalleled. I had obviously Andy breaking the boiler in a jealous rage, but then in a plot twist, Daisy is like, that actually turned me on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it showed me that you have passion. You're like me. And I was like, oh, interesting. We've got uh, Lucy making out with Tom. She likes how he can just see into her, even though they've only known each other for like five hours, it seems like. Then we have uh, Barrow and Butler number two just making out in his office. I think that was it. For a second, all right, before we knew that um, Lucy was Maud's daughter, it was a yeah. little unclear to me. I thought that Lucy was like her secret lover. And then <laughs> oh, Ooh, I didn't okay. I didn't see the and then after the um, we learned that Lucy was her daughter. I was like, we can't nominate that for a kinky crown anymore. It doesn't apply. No. <laughs> wow. Not not this time. OK, I'll, I'll throw in one nomination because like and th what I'm about to nominate isn't even really kinky. But in fairness, neither were your nominations. I feel like you're really reaching here. <laughs> I'm going to say. That intro scene uh, for Matthew Good's character where he rolls up in the car and he just like literally just kind of jumps out of it and makes his way over to Mary. That was dashing. That was sexy. That was cool. <laughs> That's my nomination. 
Oh my god, Matthew Good. Can't wait till he gets on the crown and we can just start talking about him for the entire episode. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with uh, Breaking the Boiler, but she likes it. I want to pick Matthew Good, but I feel like I'm going to pick him like other times. So I, I do like the boiler. I do like the boiler. But it was close. I like the, I like the boiler, too. I, th- I think that's the most legitimate nomination we have. Yeah. I think the kinky part is just the fact that she likes it, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if she didn't like it, it wouldn't be kinky. But the fact that she likes that is kinky. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Ivan, did talking about Downton Abbey today make you want to listen to or make you want to watch Downton Abbey again? Uh, very much so. Like just talking about all these characters has made me very nostalgic for the show. Yeah, I, I, I haven't in recent years really rewatched a ton of shows all the way through. Uh, like I need to be better about that, about just kind of going back to some old favorites. And so much of those early Downton Abbey seasons are just so kind of foggy in my memory right now that I think it'd be worth it. Like I'll, I'll definitely rewatch the show again. And, and yes, I definitely want to. Was the movie, in your opinion, at the same level as the series? Uh, no. Um, the, the series is a lot better. And I think almost every season of the series, um, with the exception of maybe the first one, uh, after the finale, you'd have like a couple month gap and they would have a Christmas special that was 90 minutes long. That was practically a feature length movie to kind of wrap up that preceding season. And a lot of like the show's bigger developments would unfold in those Christmas specials. Oh yeah. There's, there's a handful of those Christmas specials that are like, just like miles above anything that this movie did. Wow. Carlin, will you be watching the series now that we've watched um, the movie? I will say yes, but like, hopefully I actually do it. <laughs> but yeah, I would want to. For me, I don't know if I'm going to watch the series. I think that I'm definitely a little bit intrigued, but it's not like high on my list. It's, I feel like maybe if I, I, I ever reach a point where it's like, I have nothing to watch. Maybe I'll check out Down Abbey. I don't know where you can watch Down Abbey though. Uh, has PBS launched the streaming service yet? Like, if so, that's probably probably where, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's good escapism. If you're, if you're ever, you know, feeling down about the world and just need to kind of get away from anything that resembles reality, like, you know, watch this, you know, crazy show that was set a hundred years ago. Carlin, if you could sum up Downton Abbey in one word, the movie that is, uh, what would it be? Oh, oh, oh no. You put me on the spot. I I have two. So one would be like fancy and then the other one would be low stakes with a hyphen between low and stakes. <laughs> All right, Ivan, same question. You know, I, again, like I just love this universe so much. Um, Even though the movie doesn't really do anything for the story and, and the character arcs the way that anything in the series does, I still think there was something just very like regal and majestic and 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 larger than life about um you know, this, uh, the time that we spent with these characters for two hours. So I'm going to go with grand. I think my one word would have to be just whirlwind. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, Ivan, I'm glad that we watched this movie and that you have taken us, uh, you know, that our conversation at least took us on this little detour for April Fool's Day this year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this was a lot of fun. I, I, I feel like, it was a nice change of pace. We, you know, stepped into a different world. Um, we we really like managed to keep a tenuous connection to the royal family going with this discussion. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we did it, and and we had a good time, and that's all that matters. Absolutely. And 
Don't worry. If you came here because you were you were looking for some discourse on Hyde Park on Hudson, we will be getting into Hyde Park on Hudson in our next episode. So stay tuned for that because we're very excited to watch this movie. I mean, like we said in the previous episode, Bill Murray, Laura Linney, you know, what what's not to love? These are these are two of my favorite actors. I hope it's good. I don't see how it could be disappointing. <laughs> I mean, you say that now, but oh yeah, and Olivia yeah. Coleman, who we also I, talked I, about on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't see how it's possible that we we haven't already watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Any closing thoughts here? Are we good? Are, you, are we good for this week? I think we're good. Uh, very enjoyable experience. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ivan. Where can people find you on social? Uh, people can find me on Zanga. Uh, which was a <laughs> contemporary of of Live Journal. Oh, um, yeah. You, you either had a Live Journal or a Zanga. Is this is real. I've both. never heard of this. Oh yeah, Zanga was great. Um, and I I don't remember. I feel like you could do more with Zanga from kind of a web development standpoint. You could have like music playing in the background of your blog, just like just like a whole bunch of bullshit. There was a lot more like structure and rigidness to how you could lay out a live journal page, but with Zanga you could just do some pretty wild stuff. I don't remember my username, but if 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 you find it, let me know. All right. I mean we can take a look together. Uh Carlin, what about you? Where can people find you on social media? Um Twitter, Carlin Greenwald, Instagram, Carlin underscore G E E. All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, although, again, I never post anything on Instagram, at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach all of us, if you are curious about anything The Crown-related, not Crown-related, we don't follow the monarchy itself, but The Crown-related, you can reach out to us on Twitter, at CrownAroundPod. All of our episodes you can find at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash crowningaround, or on any platform where podcasts are available. We have a very big week this week because uh just yesterday at paginated media marissa Cantor and kelsey rodkey launched their older and wiser podcast recapping uh the first episode of younger so if you are a younger fan definitely check that out and uh in the meantime you can find more crowning around next time when we recap as we've mentioned now several times hyde park on hudson thank you for listening everybody and we'll see you next time and god save the king god save the king God save the king.